Again, I want to just say thank you for taking time to be with us today. I really believe that you're here on purpose. Some of you may have been dragged here by family members, or some of you may have come out of obligation for your one time a year. However you got here, I want to say this to you. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And my prayer is that you're going to meet Jesus today, that you're going to meet Jesus, and that you're going to experience the great power of the resurrection and I want to take a moment just right here at the beginning, you know, uh, your kids are upstairs. How many of you have kids upstairs? Don't be ashamed. We got three little ones. I got a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-and-a-half. Hey, and they're going to hear the same message today. So I want you to know they're going to go home with an understanding of who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and what he did for them. I was thinking about some funny stuff that happens at Easter a few years ago. My sister sent me a video. It was my little niece. And they were driving home from Easter Sunday, and she asked Lily, she said, Lily, what did you learn in church today? And she said, well, I learned that, that Jesus, um, you know, he came to the earth as a man. She said, okay, well, what else did you learn? And she said, well, they, they, then they grabbed him and nailed him to a cross. And she said, well, what, what happened next? She said, then they shot him. I said, I don't think that's what she, I don't think that's what they were teaching up there at the kids' church. But I think, you know, it's so funny that little kids pick up stuff. But I want you to know this. Today, your kids, turn to your neighbor and say, your kids, they're going to hear the gospel message in its totality today, and they're going to understand that God's power is available to them. I have a very special guest today. Would you guys help make some noise? My mom is here all the way from Nevada. So glad you're here, mom. Thanks for being here. And I've been thinking about Easter again with our little kids and the excitement built around eggs and candy. You know, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and Easter was a big deal in our house. Uh, we went to church every Sunday. We got special suits on Easter Sunday. You know, I, I'm a child of the 70s, but grew up in the 80s, and Miami Vice was the big TV show in the 80s. How many of y'all remember Miami Vice? And so we would get Miami Vice suits. They were like white suits, like linen. And, and I would wear like a pink undershirt, and my brother would have a purple shirt and a yellow one. Like that was the stuff for Easter Sunday, you know. No socks, just loafers. And, and, and Easter was always fun for, for dressing up, but we'd always go to my grandmother's house after service, as many of you will today, and we would eat ham and hang out, and we would eat chocolate. Anybody like chocolate? Over here, y'all like some chocolate over here. And, and, and we would have candy. I mean, remember, we get those big Easter bunnies? And you'd get those in your Easter basket, and you'd be so pumped. You'd be like, man, look, it's like a three-foot bunny. Until you cracked it open and realized it's hollow. And then you're like, you gypped us. You tricked us. Thought that sucker was solid. And, and I'll be honest with you, today I love candy just as much as I did. We were buying candy for the kids the other day, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome candy for me. And by the way, today, if you leave on your way home, go by CVS, everything will be half off. All the candy will be half off. So if you didn't buy any earlier, you can buy some for yourself. But I'm grateful that we had fun. I'm grateful that we had candy and treats. And we're going to do that for our kids today, and I'm sure you will. But I'm grateful for parents that raised me in a church that it wasn't just about bunnies and eggs and candy, that there was a true purpose. And we really came as a family to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so today, that's what we're here for, whether you know why you're here or not. Today, we're here to celebrate the true meaning of Easter. And I want to just say it right up front. It's all about Jesus. Would you say that out loud with me? Say, it's all about Jesus. 
See, Easter for us as Christians is the foundation for our faith. It's everything that we believe is the celebration of Christ, not only dying, but the truth of His resurrection. Everything that we believe from the first book to the last book in the Bible, it hinges on this fact of today being Christ raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit so you and I could encounter our Creator once again. So that you and I could have a connection with God our Father as it was intended from the very beginning. The truth is, our whole Bible, our whole belief system as Christians hinges on this moment. Without the resurrection, the Bible says our faith is pointless. I like the way that Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. He said, and if Christ has not been raised... Our preaching, I like to preach, we're a preaching church here. Our preaching is useless and so is your faith. I came excited to preach today, to be honest with you. My first Easter Sunday as the lead pastor, I know we'll have somebody, I came ready to preach the gospel to you and I came with an energy about me knowing that I get to preach in faith because what we believe is true. That when the word of God goes forward today, that lives will be changed, not because of my preaching, but because the power of God will be here when the word of God is declared. That's something special. That's what separates us from every other religion. Our God's not dead. Our God's not in some tomb somewhere. He's not on some poster board. We don't have to have any funky system to get to him. He's alive and well on the inside of us, giving us access back to God our Father. Each and every Sunday, each and Easter Sunday is celebrated. It's the most celebrated day for Christians because it's the day that we come to remember. I was thinking about this early this morning as I was praying for you. Today, we don't only come to, to celebrate, but we come to remember He is who He said He was, and He did what He said He was going to do. Oh, i got to be honest with you, that brings me so much confidence that what he said he was going to do and who he said he was going to be, he's all that in a bag of chips. He's all that and then some. He's so much more than what we read in the Gospels. He's so much more to us when we understand he's not dead. He's alive. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this amazing crowd today. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's in this auditorium. I thank you for those up in our cafe that are in the overflow room. I, I pray for all of our children in the various classrooms today. I pray for those listening and watching this at a later date on our podcast or on our YouTube channel or Facebook. Lord, I ask you, give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today. We come with open hearts to receive Jesus. Lord, if we've had a preconceived idea of who he was or what he did Lord, help us to be renewed afresh with a clear picture of Christ the Lord, the risen one. Give us faith to believe in what may seem to be impossible. Father, I ask you, as I always do, give me words of utterance. Give me boldness by your spirit to declare your word, that lives will be changed and you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. For most messages that I prepare, I start weeks and weeks in advance and the Lord gives me different scriptures and stories and all kinds of things and throughout the weeks leading up to it, I kind of compile that and organize it and sort it and pray over it and ask him how do you want me to deliver this on a specific Sunday or as part of a certain series and 
on this time, he didn't really give me a ton of scriptures. And I've been kind of frustrated over the last couple of weeks saying, Lord, I- I'm going to need more than what you're giving me right now. There's people coming hungry and hurting. And he said, Josh, all you need is one. And so I've been wrestling a little bit, but I'm going to give you one scripture today. It's actually two. Everybody say he came with two. It's two. It's verse 10 and 11 of Philippians chapter 3 where we find Paul. He's talking to the church at Philippi that he planted. And he's actually writing this letter from a prison cell. And if you go back and read chapter 3, verse 7, 8, and 9, he's declaring in this letter that everything that my life has meant up to this point really is meaningless. All my accolades, all my uh, uh, things that I would tout as check me out, look at me, all my self-righteousness. He said in the previous verses, I count that all as garbage now in comparison to knowing Christ. And we pick it up here in verse 10. He says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may know Jesus, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and even understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. And that I may so share his sufferings to be continually transformed in spirit and even into likeness to his death in hopes that, if possible, I may attain to the same spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while I'm living. I like the way the Passion paraphrase says it. He says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus And to experience, listen to this, the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. My prayer for the last four weeks as we've led up to this series and to this moment has been that that today, above all things, that you would meet Jesus. We have it written on the wall. We exist for four things here at IFC. And the reason we gather is we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want to help you discover your purpose. And we ultimately want you to go back to your world and make a difference. But today I want to just stay on number one. My prayer is that you would meet God. That you would meet God the Father. That you would meet Jesus, the Son of God. And you would understand the resurrection power that brings, comes to us through the Holy Spirit. Paul was saying here in this verse to this church, he said, I'm re-examining everything. I'm taking a clear look and I'm, I'm redetermining my purpose in life. Everything to me up to this point means nothing. My prayer is that today would be a time of reconciliation for you, a time of reflection to look back and say, has what's been important in the past, does it need to be important today? My prayer is that when you leave and you hear these scriptures and you go celebrate, that you'll re-examine your heart, that you'll re-examine your life and maybe even redetermine your purpose and that you would make your life moving forward all about Jesus. From this point on, it's all about Jesus and the power of the resurrection is what Paul's saying. So you're here today and you say, how do I get to know the Jesus the way that Paul's talking about? I love these, ver- these uh, words he used. He said, deeply doesn't mean like surface level. I don't, I don't want that surface level Christianity. I want to know Jesus on a deep level. He uses the word intimate. When I think about intimacy, that's just something that happens between a couple, a man and a woman. It comes to be just a few people in your life will you ever be intimate with. 
that you would have a deep knowing of them and them having a deep knowing of you. He's saying, I don't want to just go to church and know Jesus because I'm there. I want to know Jesus morning, noon, and night. I want to know everything about him, and I want him to know everything about me. I love this. He says, I want to perceive. I want to see it clear. I want to understand it and get a grasp on what this immeasurable power was that allowed him to walk for 33 years and do the miraculous. Man, that's a wonder in my life, and I, I want to see it for what it is. Throughout our time as we're on this earth, we have the same opportunity. Paul was saying, I have a deep conviction to know him on another level and the power that comes along with knowing him. And I want to tell you this today. You have the same ability and the same opportunity to know Jesus like Paul did for yourself. On your level, in your journey, right where you are today. And I believe there's three ways that we do this here. How would I know Jesus like he's talking about? Number one, we open up the word and we find out who he was. You can start at the beginning. Every single book in the Bible points to Jesus. Every single book in the Bible points not only to Jesus, but that he would die and that he would be raised up for a people, us, you and me, that we would be gathered together, called the church, and usher in the second coming of Christ so we can go live with God our Father for eternity. The second way that we understand or come into this deep relationship with Jesus is through prayer and fellowship. Us being real about our life and talking to him just like me and you would have a cup of coffee and have a conversation about where you are. Religion has made this thing so difficult for us because we've asked you to go through a process and do this and don't do that. And if you come looking like this and if you act like this, then God's going to reject you. I want to tell you straight up, that's a bunch of nonsense. The Jesus I know will accept you just as you are, where you are, no matter what you've been doing, where you're going. And let me say this. He desires to have a relationship through prayer with you. The third way I believe this happens, that we have a deep understanding, is through community where we gather together with fellow believers and see what God's done through Jesus in someone else's life. And for us to rub shoulders and see where they were and now where they are now. And then say, hey, I want some of that. Tell me about that, Jesus. I've never experienced that. Truth is, is we have the same availability to know Jesus that Paul did. And through this, we, we find there's so many different aspects of Jesus. If we went around the room and we asked you, who is Jesus to you? It would be completely different probably than the person next to you because we all know him on another level. But through reading the Bible over 46 years, I want to tell you who I think Jesus is and who he's been to me. And I pray this is the Jesus you know and the Jesus that you've met. He was the son of God that came to earth as a sinless man. And he walked this planet for 33 years. I believe that he was sent here as an example for humanity, for us to have a pattern on how to live our lives out as Christ followers. I believe that the Jesus that I read about, he was gentle and he was kind. He was gracious with people. He was caring. He went out of his way to go to people that were outcast or dispelled from communities to let them know, hey, you're loved. You're awesome and I've got a plan for your life. He was the healer. The Bible says that he went about all the villages teaching and preaching and doing good and healing all. Everybody say all. He was seeking people out who were sick. He was healing all that were sick. He was a great healer. He was the greatest inviter of all time. 
If you've been here over the last few weeks, we were talking about the power of an invite. And many of you today, you responded. You're here today because somebody invited you. An invitation makes us feel special. An invitation makes us feel welcome. An invitation makes us feel like we belong here. The Jesus I read about was the greatest inviter that humanity's ever seen. In fact, I believe that people wanted to be with Jesus. The Bible says that everywhere he went, there was a crowd that was pressing him because they made, he made them feel so awesome. He was loving. He loved the unloved. The scripture says he was a friend of sinners. He was a forgiver of sins. There's stories about him delivering people from demonic possession. There's stories about him healing beggars and giving sight to the blind. I love the story about him raising his best friend from the dead. You find him in the Gospels feeding the needy. He's a miracle worker. He's a prophet. He's a teacher. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And ultimately, he was the sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says that he died a horrific death so that you and I could obtain life that was intended for us from the beginning so that we could be reunited with our Creator, God our Father. As we get to know Jesus more and more and as you pursue your relationship with him, the outcome of that relationship will then reveal the power that he walked in and how that same power is now made available to us through his resurrection. My prayer today is that you meet Jesus and that you would get something out of it. Maybe for some of you, you need to re-examine your relationships because you've been investing in relationships, but there's no outcome. There's nothing coming to you. You're constantly giving, 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 but there's no return. The great thing about Jesus is no matter how much you give him, you can never outgive him. He's always going to be the one that fills you up, that stirs you up, that, that heals your broken heart, that gives you peace in times of storm. The relationship with Jesus is the greatest relationship human beings have ever had the opportunity to partake in. Passion Translation says Paul wanted to experience this overflowing power. I like this. Another word for experience means to encounter. We've been talking about that here at International Family Church for the last several months about encounters with Jesus and, and what that means for us. So let me ask you, why do you need to encounter Jesus? So you can experience the power of resurrection in your daily life. And what does this power of resurrection actually mean? Actually mean? Listen to this. The word power. Everybody say power. power. Everybody say power. It means inherent power. It's the word from which we get the English word dynamite. Everybody say dynamite. But the idea is in the Greek is dynamite, but in this translation it's dynamo, which means a power that's always resident. It's not a one-time explosion. It's power on demand. Growing up in central Illinois, we lived about five blocks from a from a, 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 a university, Eastern Illinois University was a few blocks from our house. And with my brothers, we would go up there. They had these big ponds, and we'd go fishing during the summer in those ponds. And we'd hang out. But Fourth of July in our town was a big deal. Fourth of July, everybody would come to the university, and they would come with their families, and they'd lay out blankets and lawn chairs because they were going to have a huge fireworks display. Anybody like fireworks? Yeah. All the people from New Hampshire said. Yeah. Y'all like fireworks up there. 
And so we would go each year after year, we would go and man, we'd take our food and hang out and, and people would bring their own stuff. You know, as kids, we had sparklers. You remember the little sticks that light up and we would have smoke bombs. I thought smoke bombs were awesome. You know, you could be there and throw them over somebody else and say, something's on fire over here. We, we, we would go there, we'd light all the stuff off and then when it would get dark, the university would put on a massive fireworks display. I mean, it was something to be held. They'd play this music, you know, like the Star Spangled Banner and all this stuff would go off and go off and... Man, at the end of the night, we would leave. It'd be dark. You'd have to have your flashlight to get back in the car or walk back home for us. And I had this crazy idea one night. I thought, man, we left some stuff. I dropped some firecrackers there. We should go back in the morning and get them. And then I had this idea, if I dropped firecrackers, then maybe somebody else left some. And so I told my brothers, we should get up early and we should go back up there where those thousands of people were gathered. I bet there's a bunch of fireworks laying around on the ground. Sound like a great idea, right? So we did, and guess what? There was fireworks galore. All kinds of people had left stuff and lighters and matches. I mean, when you're seven years old and you find a lighter, you think you found gold. <laughs> and so we came home, and we would light off these fireworks. We had two acres of property, and man, for, for the whole day of July 5th, we're just lighting off stuff that was left over. And this one specific year, my older brother, he was there with us, and he found a firecracker, but it didn't have a wrapper on it. In fact, it was just a brown label. It was about this big. It was just this cardboard tube with a big old fuse sticking out. Now, all the firecrackers we had found up to that point were little bitty things, you know, the little black cats or bottle rockets with a stick. It was like, dude, what's this thing going to do? <laughs> yes, we stuck it up on the end like this, and we're thinking, you know, maybe it's going to shoot stuff out of it. Maybe it'll shoot something. When you're seven, you don't know. And so we took it to the backside of the property, and we lit that thing only to find out it wasn't a firecracker. It was a quarter stick of dynamite. Boom! I mean, it exploded. The whole house shook. I mean, I felt it in my chest. It felt like somebody kicked me in the chest. And people four blocks away were calling my mom saying, our windows are shaking in our house. Did y'all feel that? We're like, oh, heck yeah, we felt it. We lit it. That's not the kind of power he's talking about here. He's not talking about this one kind of explosion that's just a boom and it's over. He's talking about a constant current of power in your life that you can turn off and turn on anytime you need it, that it never shuts off. It's an inherent power that's been given to us that as we walk through this life, we can lead ourselves confidently knowing there's resurrection power on the inside of me because Jesus lives in me. And that means that I have explosive power to lay my hands on the sick and watch them recover. I have explosive power to share the gospel and it can change somebody's life. I have miracle wonder working power living on the inside of me. How do you say that? Because it comes with the package. When you get Jesus, you get the power. Everybody say power. Listen to this. Inherent power defers authority that God bestowed upon us when we declare Jesus over our life. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, He gives us divine power that provides us with victory for everyday living. i got to be honest with you, as I meet people over the last few months and few years, I could say this about humanity. Man, they need some victory in their life. There's a lot of defeated people. There's a lot of people that are walking with their head down and they're hunched over and they're wondering, will I make it through the week? Will I make it through the month? Are my kids going to make it? Is my marriage going to make it? What about my finances? Will I, will I have a job? What's to come? You experience those people every day. The truth is, is you and I carry the victory 
over death, hell, and the grave on the inside of us through Jesus Christ. We are now dispensers of power and authority. Listen to this in Luke chapter 10. He says, Behold, Jesus said, I have given you, turn to your neighbor and say, That's you. I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. I've given you physical. Anybody need some physical strength today? You're tired? He says, I'll give you mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall any, in any way harm you. I like to say it this way. The resurrection power deputizes you to triumph over anything you face. It deputizes you. My dad's probably watching. My dad is an Andy Griffith fanatic. And in my house, growing up as a kid, my dad would always make sandwiches and turn on Andy. In fact, today, he's probably watching right now, and he's probably going to make a sandwich after the service. He's in Memphis at my brother's, and they're probably going to sit down and watch Andy. That's just what we do in my house. And, and so we grew up with Andy, and of course, if you know Andy, then you know Barney. Everybody knows Barney. Barney's the crazy deputy. Barney's kind of not all there, but... He's kind of all there. You just don't know which Barney. In fact, they didn't trust him enough to give him a bunch of bullets. He only had one bullet, if you remember. Anybody remember where he had to keep the bullet? He had to keep it in his pocket because they didn't trust him. He was always shooting stuff. But the truth is, is Barney had the same power that Andy had because he had been deputized. I remember this one episode where they came in, these, these uh, thieves came into town and Barney's freaking out and Andy's freaking out. They need some more deputies. So they went down to the gas station and they recruited Goomer. Gomer and Goober. Y'all ever seen this? Y'all know who Gomer is? He's kind of the do-do-do-do-do kind of guy. But they needed some help. And so they said, hey, we need your help. And they made him say that, you know, put your hand on the Bible and swear in. And they deputized Gomer. I want to say this to you as kindly as I can. Maybe you're Gomer today and you don't feel like you can carry the responsibility with all authority under power in heaven, but Jesus Christ has deputized you. He's given you a badge of honor to walk straight into this world knowing who you are. You have all authority. You've been deputized with the power and authority, guess what, that came to Jesus in the grave. I know that may be a silly illustration, but let me tell you this. When you understand that you have the same authority as the sheriff, you talk different, you walk different, you live different, you act different because you know that power has been given to you. When we receive Jesus, we receive the resurrection power and the authority for our daily lives. His desire is for us to live a life with full authority. John 10.10 says, The thief came in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life. Some of you need life. Some of you are lacking life. He said, I came that you may have life and enjoy life. Some of us just need to begin to enjoy life again. And have it in abundance. To the full, here it is again, to overflowing. What's he talking about? He said, I'm going to give you power to not only have a life, but to enjoy it in abundance to where it overflows on everybody around you. The Message Bible says, I came so that you can have real life, eternal life, a better life than you ever dreamed of. When I think about this scripture and what Paul was praying, he was asking to know God, 
through his son Jesus at another level and that he would experience the power of the resurrection in his own daily life. And this is what I think resurrection power looks like for us. Resurrection power is the power that enables us to let go of our past. Too many people are stuck one hand in the past and trying to go to the future. Resurrection power allows you to settle yesterday and move to tomorrow. The power of the resurrection is the power that allows us to start over. It gives us a fresh start. When we receive Christ, all things are passed away. Everything has become brand new. You get a fresh start. The power of the resurrection, it allows us to dream again. For many people watching online and here in the house, your dreams have been stolen. They've been trampled upon by others. You receive the resurrection power. He gives you your dreams back, and this is what He does. He gives you new dreams for a better future. The resurrection power gives you the ability to keep going, to persevere through tough times. It's the power that heals us physically, emotionally, and mentally. The power of the resurrection brings peace into our chaotic lives. It brings light into darkness. It's truly the power to change your life. Our culture is obsessed right now with self-help. 60 days of this, sign up and get my class on 90 days of this and we'll help you quit smoking, quit drinking, get your marriage back together, get you out of debt. You can help yourself. I'm going to tell you this, you can only help yourself so much. The only power to truly change your life is the power that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe in classes and counseling, but if that's all you're getting, you're getting a small fraction of the life that you belong to have that was given to you from the before you were even born. Power to change. Resurrection power, it justifies us. It stamps your receipt of sin paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love this word justification. It means just as if I'd never sinned. And when God looks down on us, He doesn't see anything except for Jesus, pure, holy, blameless, spotless, sinless. The power of resurrection also gives us right standing with God. It gives us righteousness. It gives us the ability to approach Him without having to go through somebody else. The power of the resurrection gives us new life. It raises us from a life of sin to eternal life. Resurrection power at the grave is the same resurrection power that's available to you and me right now in this moment. Let me wrap this up with reading you one last scripture. In Romans chapter 8 it says, It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead, if He moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus. Bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you, he does as surely as He did with Jesus. You are then delivered from death, from that death life, with His Spirit living in you, your body being as live as Christ's body.
was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time sin separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sight so you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had hope thank you jesus for the blood applied thank you jesus it has washed me wide thank you jesus you have saved
darkness into glorious light. All across this auditorium, would you just close your eyes where you're at? I want to just talk to you for a minute, not as a whole congregation, but to you as an individual upstairs in the cafe or right where you're watching this. I just want to take a moment here. My prayer for you all week is we've been praying, our staff has been gathering, our elder team, we've been praying that you would come today and that you would meet Jesus. And that you would come to the understanding that the resurrection power belongs to you. To give you the life that he intended for you. Today I want you to meet Jesus, the miracle worker, the restorer of hope. I want you to meet Jesus, the healer. I want you to meet Jesus, Almighty God, King of Kings, the lover of your soul. More than me wanting you to meet him, he wants to meet you. Jesus had a purpose when he came. Each and every one of us have a purpose for being here on this earth. His purpose in this life was to save his people from their sins by living and dying and then resurrection. His great purpose was to restore sinners to their God so that they could have eternal life with Him. His purpose was to live for you, to die for you, and then to rise again for you. It's very clear in Romans, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified it's with your mouth that you profess your faith that you are saved verse 13 says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved everything that we've done today and the weeks leading up to there are for this moment for you to meet Jesus don't leave here without meeting him all across this room I want to ask you to do one thing and that is acknowledge your need for Jesus across this room in just a second I'm going to count to three I I just want you to put your hand up and wave it at me and say pastor that's me I I need Jesus if you're online you can let them know right there in the chat box give them a little wave hand or say hey I want that Jesus you're here today maybe you're in the cafe wherever you're at today take this moment and meet Jesus and receive this overcoming power that's made available to you With your heads bowed and your eyes closed all across this room, if that's you and you say, Pastor, pray for me, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three. All across this auditorium, say, pray for me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. I see you over there right here in the middle. Yes, sir, I see you. Yes, yes. Thank you for being bold. Come on over here. Yes, 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 yes. I see you all the way in the back. I see you. Yes, sir. Yes. I got you, buddy. Anybody else want to join them? Say, Pastor, include me. Right here, yes, I see you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I see you, yes. Thank you for being bold. Just wave your hand at me. Say, I need that. Yes, sir. I got you, buddy. Yes. Yes. Got you. Anybody else? Take a moment. We're not in a hurry here. This is, this is what it's all about is people going from death to life. Anybody else say include me? Yeah, I got you. Right on. Yes, ma'am. 
Greatest decision you're ever going to make. Be bold right now in this moment. Forget about who you came with or who you're going home with. Allow Jesus to come and transform your life. One more time, all across this room, upstairs in the cafe, just wave your hands. Yes, sir, I see you. I got you, buddy. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. What a great day. I don't know how you got here, but I'm going to tell you this. You're leaving changed. I want us to do this as a family. You can look up at me. Man, dozens and dozens of people raise their hand to say, I want that power. I, I can't think of anything greater than let's, let's pray this prayer with them. If you're online, just pray this prayer with us today. You say, oh, I prayed it before. Hey, say it again. Let's just encourage those that are doing this for the very first time. Say this with me all across this room. Dear Heavenly Father, today I declare Jesus as the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins for anything I may have said or done against you, your word, and your plan for my life. I do believe it. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for me right now in this moment. Jesus, I choose you. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we make some noise for everybody that prayed that prayer? Up in the cafe, we're cheering you on. At home where you are, welcome to the family.